Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show we have Kate Ellis, Artistic Director with Crash Ensemble, who are gearing up for their 25th anniversary celebrations. New music this week is from North Dublin producer Chris Brady, aka Moshe, and Cork indie singer-songwriter Sarah Buckley. But first, we'll talk to Kate Ellis, who's a name I've encountered countless times over the years and haven't had a chance to talk to yet. She's artistic director with the ever-forward-looking Crash Ensemble, but has also collaborated with so many other acts over the years herself. We mentioned Katie Kim, Eve Vagabonds, and Martin Hayes in our chat, for example. And if you're at the Olympia for Bono's book tour show on Monday this week, you would have seen Kate playing with Gemma Doherty of Saint Sister on Harp and Keys and Jackknife Lee on Electronics. Lauren Murphy, reviewing the show for entertainment.ie, said the four-piece weave wonderfully paired back versions of U2's biggest hits. The arrangements of these songs, everything from City of Blinding Lights, Beautiful Day, With or Without You and Pride in the Name of Love, are all done beautifully and sympathetically to the tone of the show. Crasher also super busy at the moment gearing up to celebrate their 25th anniversary. There's a lot coming up, so settle in. We'll try and get through it all. First up is an album. It's called Reactions and it's a limited edition double album release and film screenings. From the press release, amidst the onset of the global pandemic, Crash Ensemble commissioned 17 Irish and international composers from a range of musical backgrounds to write new works for duos within the group. Building on existing collaborative partnerships and cultivating and nurturing new relationships, composers were invited to create a musical response to their experiences, the current state, and their thoughts for the future. The reactions composers are Amy Rooney, Anamika, Anna Murray, Anselm McDonnell, Bavin McDonnell, Becca Sims, David Fennessy, Deirdre Gribben, Diamanda Dram, Aina Brennan, Jonathan Nangle, Rachel Lavelle, Rose Connolly, Sean O'Dolig, Sebastian Adams, Siobhan Cleary and Stephen Shannon. Each composer documented their creative process with text and imagery, offering a fly-on-the-wall view of the composer's studio spaces, visual imagery and text journaling during the creative process. Audiovisual material was combined with these recordings to make an accompanying film by Crash's resident filmmaker Laura Sheeran, which will be screened at the IFI in Dublin on Wednesday, November 30th. As well as that, from Thursday the 24th of November to Sunday the 27th, in the studio space at the National Concert Hall, Crash 25 wing form installation takes place. The installation is the work of video artist and filmmaker Jack Phelan, who created a work responding to the visual themes of Irish composer Barry O'Halpin's wing form, a four movement work for solo guitar and ensemble. Using a simple set of shapes, materials and layout, the installation aims to evoke the essence of the ensemble. And then there's two special shows at the IFI. The first is called Crash 25 Charged Disruption and that takes place on Saturday, December 3rd in the studio and sees the acclaimed ensemble with conductor Ryan McAdams perform Dunica Dennehy's magnetic, soulful and influential work Graw August Boss with vocalist Irla O'Leonard. In the second part of the concert, artist-in-resident Diamanda Labarge-Dram and writer Neva Elliott present Crashed, drawing on the unique energy of the players of the group through the use of their voices and instruments. For the second birthday concert, Crash 25 Living Perspectives 
That takes place on December 4th, a Sunday, in the studio again. The ensemble's programme comprises Australian composer Lisa Lamb's Extinction Events and Dawn Chorus and Barrio Halpin's Wing Form, which takes advantage of Crash's unique ability to cover a breadth of musical ground, winding melodies, mechanical rhythms, rapid lines and hypnotic drones. Okay, I think that that's everything. I think I got through it all. That's enough for me now. I told you that Kate Alice was very busy at the moment. Let's listen to This Is The Space Between Your Hand And Mine. That's from Reactions. It's out on Friday, November 25th. And this track in particular was composed by Rachel Lavelle and features Kate on cello and Cayman Gilmore on double bass. And then we'll get into the chat with Kate on the other side.
So it's the 25th anniversary of Crash Ensemble coming up. Big month coming up. Double album release and you're doing a couple of gigs at the NZH. A lot to unpack. So maybe we'll just take it kind of one at a time. First of all, the the double album release that you're doing, it's kind of an album of duos, is it? Do you want to explain it a little bit? Yeah, so the album is Reactions and the, the project is called Reactions. So the whole project started in 2020 when we were looking for ways, meaningful ways actually of commissioning people and also kind of involving players in work when there was nothing sort of in person happening. And what I really wanted to do was to commission a whole bunch of composers, some that we knew, some that we didn't know, some that we had worked with, some who we'd wanted to work with for a long time. But I wanted to commission a reaction, essentially, and a reaction to the time that we were living in and their thoughts for the future and I wanted something a very personal and kind of honest reaction uh, musically so we commissioned 70 oh, across 2020 and 2021 we commissioned 17 composers 18 composers but 17 are, are on the album on the double album uh, for duo to write for duos within the group and we wanted to involved the musicians as much as possible in this process. So we had lots of kind of Zoom online workshops whilst the piece was being written. We recorded the works and have been sort of performing them across this year. But the recordings of those works were made into films by Laura Sheeran. So she came into the studio, she filmed us recording and then she's created this beautiful kind of imagery using some of the composer's text, using like imagery of the scores, using some sort of scenery, sceneric, whatever that word is, <laughs> imagery. And she's combined those to make very short films to go with the recording, which is the double album that we're releasing. And those films, along with the album, those films will be shown at the IFI as part of the celebrations. Great. Is the duos thing just kind of a hangover from, mm, that's probably the wrong word. Is it kind of something that since it came about during 2020 and 2021, it was simply a case of how do we keep making music? We just have to go in as few people as possible or did you kind of see it as a challenge can we actually uh, do this and make it all sound coherent as a whole yeah I think it was a combination of both actually I think around the, at the very beginning of the lockdown of 2020 there was a lot of like I don't know if it was pressure but there was a there were there was a lot of kind of incentive to keep producing work and there was a lot of you know there was a lot of live from your sitting room, live from your, you know, your studio, live from your, but there was a lot of kind of that sort of work that people were generating for themselves, obviously, <laughs> to, to you know, you stay relevant, essentially, and to stay present. And I didn't want to do that with Crash. I didn't want to have Crash, you know, each of the players from their sitting room. I wanted something that was a bit more that had a bit more longevity 
and something that would kind of stand the test of time essentially and something that would actually have a you know a bit of more of a meaningful impact on the people who are writing the composers also the performers but again also the people listening to it and I think the easiest way to do that was for two players because at that time we were sort of had access to a studio our guitarist Brian Bolger and in his studio there was essentially enough space for three people <laughs> so there were there was enough space to kind of distance two musicians and an engineer and that was sort of it so it kind of it kind of all yeah it all kind of made sense in that way but also I think because they're all very short they're all sort of five minutes or under it was a nice way of having that really personal connection by just having two musicians it meant that you know the zooms were very personal the workshops were very personal and so there was a, a kind of a, it was an easier connection to be made with the composers just having the just having those two performers and so when you're putting it together the duos how are you doing it are you making it completely random are you thinking this person will work with this composer or do you like again do you want to kind of challenge them as well like oh this person makes completely opposite music to what this person is used to yeah absolutely there was a lot of that there was a lot of so some of the players live in live outside of the country so there was sort of like a really practical <laughs> discussion around what would be possible to how it would be possible to get people in the studio but then there was also I think more importantly, it was the sort of pairing people and pairing instruments, exactly like you just said, sort of pairing people and instruments with composers who that would be of interest to them. And some some people were quite specific about what instrumentation they would like to use. And then others were totally open to whatever was sort of thrown in their direction. So there are some kind of unusual pairings. There's a very unusual one, which is two electric guitars, which Dave Fennessy and both Dave Fennessy and Jonathan Nango wrote for. Dave Fennessy was an electric, is an electric guitarist. So he kind of, that he was instantly drawn to that idea. And Jonathan Nangle had worked with both Brian and Barry Halpham. So again, he was sort of draw, drawn to that. So kind of a combination of, combination of all those things great um i'm not familiar with a lot of the names there but it always seems that you're working with new people like how important is it to kind of always have you know new people that you're working with oh it's essential it's absolutely essential i think especially with the reaction series i really wanted to choose composers and to commission composers from kind of a broad cross-section of music actually so in the 17, 18 composers, you'll find very established uh, contemporary, you know, essentially new music composers. Uh, you'll find singer-songwriters. You'll find electronic musicians. You'll find uh, very up-and-coming composers who we would have taken an interest in and kind of had on our radar. And to, I think to give those people 
first of all, to give those people the opportunity, but also to give, you know, more established composers, but also people from different genres and not necessarily genres. Is It's a funny term, one that I'm kind of struggling with at the moment, but to give people the opportunity, I suppose, so people who might not have, you know, physically written written music before but they make music and they create music and they are composers in their own right to give them that platform in order to work with us it, that's that was very important to me actually how do people get on crash's radar is it simply a case that all of you are listening to music all the time and it's simply oh this piece of music is interesting let's just keep an eye on them is is there another way that people kind of get on your radar there'd be a lot of we have to be aware of what's going on and there would be a lot of listening involved. There's a lot of kind of keeping keeping track of what's going on and who's producing music actually or who's like actually creating music. There's a lot of emails. There's a lot of <laughs> the admin a, stuff. It just I know, but it's but it's also a lot of times it's it's a very people orientated ensemble. So there's a lot of kind of connections through people. So, you know, someone might introduce you to someone or it's a, there's a lot of that. So yeah, a combination of sort of keeping an ear to the ground and then, you know, just meeting people actually is a, is part of it. Mm. It's funny that you kind of mentioned genre and you're kind of like, struggling with that term because I had a genre yeah. question I'm kind of usually terrible at describing music you know what genre it should be what it isn't especially mm. in 2022 when everybody is listening to all types of music I mean I guess I would call Crash Ensemble classical music but I mean is that how you see it do you see it as it should be kind of everything in a way I think it should be everything but my version of everything it's this is where i'm finding it quite tricky on <laughs> so i think music is i think the genres of music that have been kind of established as currently are sort of morphing actually and i think there's a lot of crossover between genre and i think our job as a new music ensemble is to play the best of the best new music that there is out there. And that includes all sorts of, di all different types of music. So that includes contemporary classical music, that includes electronic music, that includes all, so it's it's very hard to, to get away from genre when, when I'm trying to talk about it. But I think essentially that is our job. Our job is to kind of help not help that process but our job is to kind of to be aware of the fact that that is happening within music a lot, there's a lot of crossover in genre and I think especially with my own work and you know personally that that is some that's an area I'm really interested in I'm interested in my experience as a new music musician essentially I'm really interested in bringing my sound world and my skill set essentially into other types of music and seeing how I can 
sort of how my playing can inform that sort of you know style and what what can I bring to different styles of music and different types of musicians as well I think that's something definitely that is very important is there any type of music that Crash has done that like hasn't worked you know like genre wise have you like metal mm. and rap and hip-hop are probably the the ones that jump to mind have you tried them <laughs> have they not worked or anything or have they worked spectacularly well <laughs> <laughs> we don't have we to name did any names work with, yeah you know we did a bit of work with mango and mathman actually and that was really successful really really successful um metal i suppose we kind of that's an area we haven't really gone to although a lot of music that we have played is definitely directly influenced by really heavy hardcore metal i know again going back to dave fennessy but dave fennessy is a big metal fan <laughs> i mean it does it's that thing of like everything is sort of like um everything is sort of like a melting pot and i think especially when you're creating music, whatever you've been listening to or whatever influences you musically, you can't help but regurgitate that in a way. You can't help but let that, that, that comes out and it's quite clear when it comes out. Mm. So like you have the 17 composers on the album. It seems like the scene of classical music, for lack of a better word, is quite healthy at the moment. Like you have other composers. I know Aina Brennan is on this album. I think she's a complete genius. There's the likes of Anna Malarkey over in Galway, Gemma from Saint Sister, and of course Buckley Sisters, who you've been playing with as well. Does it feel particularly healthy at the moment, that kind of scene of composers? Yeah, it feels incredibly healthy and very generous as well. I think there's a lot of support. People are very supportive of each other, I think. And there's a lot of really interesting music that's being created. And it again, it's that thing of allowing each other into each other's spaces, allowing musicians to work with people who are writing music and allowing them to kind of have an influence, not have an influence, but sort of bring their skill set to the table and have a, a, a like have a respect for each other, even though we're all kind of operating in different silos, essentially, but have a respect for the music that everyone is making, I think. Yeah, so it's very healthy and it's very exciting, actually, to see where it's going to go. So that's the album reactions that Crash Ensemble are putting out. You're also doing a couple of shows at the NCH on the 3rd and 4th of December. The 3rd is called Crash 25 Charged Disruption, performing Dunica Dennehy's magnetic, soulful and influential work, Graw August Boss with Irla O'Leonard. Dunica is the founding artistic director of Crash Ensemble. Would would it be here without him? Like, is he kind of like everything kind of flows from him? not. It would not be here without him. Doniker is a force of nature. I don't know if you know him, but he is actually genuinely a force of nature. He So he founded Crash along with Andrew Sinnott and Michael Siever. And he founded it primarily because he was writing music and there, were, there, there was no platform to have his music performed. And 
the music of his peers. There, there was sort of a, a an empty hole that was looking to be um, that was looking to be filled. I think we grew up with him. We grew up with his work. He wrote a lot of music for the ensemble, but he wrote even more than that. He wrote specifically for the players within the ensemble. So it's a very personal connection that we have with Donica. When he's writing for Crash, Donica knows the players that he's writing for and he knows their skills and he knows what makes them tick. So there's a very, very personal connection with um, Donica's music. I think I wanted to play Gragas Boss again. It was sort of a, a piece that skyrocketed uh, the connection between ourselves and Donica. And then also... Because of the connection with, because of Irla, because the piece was written for a solo vocalist for Irla Leonard, I think it, it also consolidated the connection that we had already to being Irish and being an Irish ensemble and that sound world, which we all have a connection to either in our DNA or I don't know what it is, but we all have a really strong, strong connection to kind of the sound of Ireland and the the what it is to be Irish. I think that sort of consolidated all of that when he was writing Gorgas Boss for us. It's a piece we haven't played in quite a long time. And I, I really wanted to bring it back and celebrate Doniker, but also to celebrate that kind of milestone in the history of Crash, actually. And to kind of to honor that, I suppose, in in that in that first concert of the two. The other piece for that concert is it's a new commission. So we have a new artist in residence, Diamanda Labage Dram, who has been playing with us quite a bit over the last year. She's a brilliant musician. She's a violin player. She also writes her own music and she sings. This new commission is sort of a really interesting one. <laughs> We've paired Diamanda with an, a separate commission, which is from, I suppose you could call her a visual artist. She's, an, she's a visual artist, but she's also a writer. And Neva Elliott, who used to be the She's the previous CEO of Crash. And the commission from Neva is to write about the ensemble, to write text about the ensemble from sort of her perspective. So Neva has written this text. Diamanda is writing a new work, but they're sort of amalgamating the two. So Neva's text will be used throughout Diamanda's piece. Neva will be on stage with us as a performer so it's sort of a really interesting it's a really interesting kind of different take or a very current perspective on where the ensemble is at the moment but also to have the kind of narration aspect is yeah it's going to be really really I've seen the text and I've sort of gone through it with a not with a fine tooth comb but I've I've gone through it and it's it's a really brilliant kind of from Neva's perspective of the last 10 years I suppose so it's a really good it's a really kind of vivid portrayal of the ensemble itself and the the actual humans and the 
and the kind of human side of the ensemble, not the musical side, but the kind of the humans that make up the ensemble. So that that's obviously going to be really reflected in the way that Diamanda is working with the musicians. It's very much kind of a, um, there's a lot of improvisation within the piece. So it's very tailored to the very strong kind of musical voices within the ensemble, the individual musical voices within the ensemble. That sounds uh, really great, really interesting. Oh, it's good. I can't wait. It's very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the human members make up Crash Ensemble. Judging by the latest press picture that I saw, there's 11 members and your artistic director. Like, how how does it all work? I mean, is it all done over email, all admin stuff? I mean, it must just be so tough to get all of you in the same room together. Well, we're very lucky in the sense that we have a very brilliant team of people working in the office I'm sure you've come across them (laughs) so we have aside from the aside from the musicians we have a principal conductor Ryan McAdams we have a whole creative team of people who work with us so we have Laura Sheeran who is multi 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 faceted artist is kind of how I describe her but she works with us on sort of like a visual um, the visual presence, we have a producer, Rob Kearns, we have a concert manager, Matt Rafter, we have a CEO, Sean, who's kind of, she's the puppeteer, essentially. <laughs> so there's a, a big team of people who sort of work behind the scenes, behind the scenes of that photo that you've seen of the, of the musicians. <laughs> Great. Um, and, and so how, do, how does your role work as artistic director? So my role is to look at the future and to sort of find this sort of multifaceted role, but essentially to find, to look at the direct, it's all of our responsibilities actually, so it's not solely my responsibility, but to sort of look at the direction in which we're moving over the next few years, I suppose, to look at programming, to look at, I suppose, the the main part of it is to look at who we're commissioning and to look at sort of the bigger projects that we're doing to find opportunities for those bigger projects, Wingform being one of them, which is kind of this Wingform has been five years in the making. So to look at sort of the longevity and the the direction of the new commissions that we come up with. And to, I suppose I, I do actually do a lot of work with programmers and people who come to us wanting Crash to play. There'd be a lot of kind of figuring out what would be best for them and what would suit their festival or their venue or what in, in context, what would be the best presentation of crash to give them and how far into the future so are you looking you don't have to like reveal anything that uh, yeah. we're not supposed to know but like how far do you have to look well at the moment we're looking we have we've con- we've over the last few years we've kind of consolidated the way that we're or we've tried to at least <laughs> I hope we're getting there I think we are <laughs> we've tried to kind of consolidate how we are commissioning people and instead of the commissioning process is a, is a tricky one 
uh, or was a tricky one, essentially you'd commission somebody and then you'd say, off you go, write your piece, see you in a year and a half. And isn't that great? Play the piece. Thank you very much. (laughs) So what we've tried to do is we've tried to make that a longer process and a bigger process. And we have sort of mapped out big commissions for the next five years, I think. We have sort of our bigger structure in place. Wow. Yeah. Do you still enjoy doing it? I love it. I absolutely love it. It gets, um, as you know, (laughs) when you're sort of juggling, it's not full time for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of uh, on a part time basis with Crash. But as you know, when you're doing other work at the moment, I'm doing a particular tour, which you know about, (laughs) it gets, it gets sort of, um, it gets sort of tricky to kind of keep all the balls in the air and remember you know, not remember, but sort of like keep track of what's going on. But thankfully, it all works. You know, everyone that works with Crash has sort of other interests and has other projects. So when we do get together, it's very concentrated and it's really nice to be able to just sort of really focus down and rehearse and play and then it might be another couple of months before we all see each other and play again. Great. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear about your kind of journey up to this point. I know that that's probably a very long journey, but just going back to the start, I mean, did you come from a musical family? Was music all around you when you were growing up? Um, No, like my dad was a photographer. My mum ran the photography business from the business side of, of that my parents always had an interest in music. There was a lot of music being played on the radio or sort of in the house. There was a lot of music. And I think for me anyway, it was something, it was sort of a way of expression that I had found. So when I started playing music, I, I think I just kind of, I had found, a, it's a bit cliched, but I found a voice essentially. And... I'd found a way of expressing myself that wasn't a verbal way. It was a musical way. And I think that's sort of the beginning of it. (laughs) What instrument were you playing when you were starting out? Well, I kind of dabbled in a few instruments. I I had piano lessons for a while. I sort of picked up the guitar for a bit. I played the recorder in school. I played, then I started learning the cello. I kind of also played the saxophone for a while, dabbled. <laughs> There's a lot of dabbling. I played the bass for a while. Uh, I played a few other things for a while. And did, did you enjoy them all or was it just a case of eventually? Oh, I did. Of course I did. It was yeah. good crack. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. That I mean, my my formal training was cello and piano, but mainly the cello. I went to school in London. I went to a special, a specialist music school in London. And I suppose that was the start of the very formal musical training that I had. That sort of put a stop to the messing around with other instruments, <laughs> but not so much because it's all, it's all come back now. <laughs> I presume when you go to college, though, like, 
uh, you're doing all the other instruments as well you're learning about everything else around it or were you just specializing in cello when i went to college i was just specializing in cello yeah it was very streamlined and it was very it was very what's the word yeah it was very streamlined and specialized and focused on kind of honing in honing your skills and honing your musicality on that one instrument for me anyway i think some other people may have had two instruments but for me it was very focused on playing the cello yeah and so what happened after college then were you kind of finding work with various different um ensembles well i suppose throughout college and throughout school as well i continued to dabble in this dabbling is the wrong word but i continued to sort of experiment with other types of music and find people who were playing different types of music and i think especially in college there's an amazing scene in Dublin that somehow I have no idea how it happened, but I do actually. I was walking down Grafton Street and a very beautiful lady tapped me on the shoulder. I had my cello on my back and a very beautiful lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, how would you like to play with a singer-songwriter? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) And that singer-songwriter was Adrian Crowley. So I started working with Adrian. I started playing with Adrian. I started, this sort of happened a few times. This was when I was, you know, in the very early stages of being in college. So I that sort of morphed into meeting lots of other people who were playing lots of different styles of music. So I always kept that side of life alive, I suppose, and a lot of that would have been new music, essentially. So a lot of that would have been me, like, writing my parts to play with, you know, or creating music with singer-songwriters or creating music with improvising musicians. So that was kind of always side-by-side side with my formal sort of classical training. And then I suppose... New music was always, new music in the classical sense was always something that I would play. I would have studied certain pieces or certain repertoire that was on the curriculum, as it were. And then I remember I got a phone call just as I was finishing college, I suppose. I got a phone call to say, would you like to come and play with Crash? And would you like to... I think it was just one gig I think I can't remember I think it was just one gig and of course they said yes and that was sort of the beginning of (laughs) the next bit (laughs) that was the the beginning of the real kind of deep dive into new music which I hadn't really gone that far before but it was a bit of an eye-opener to just suddenly jump in with Crash and to sort of realize that there was this whole world of music out there that had the same sort of creative energy as the all the other work I'd been doing with all the very creative work I'd been doing with all those other musicians. I think it, it for me it was like you, it was finding something that you weren't having to 
sorry, you weren't having to reinterpret. So finding music that you were that was free from all interpretation. So you were kind of able to put your stamp on it or, you know, play it as you kind of heard it, which I hadn't had the opportunity to do before. How interesting. Was trad ever something that you tried to play maybe early on or anything? Was that something that you learned at school at all? No, not really. I mean, I always, again, dabbling. There was a lot of (laughs) dabbling in all sorts of music and that sort of came up. I, I, again, you know, I would have grown up with trad and jazz and classical music and all sorts of music. (laughs) It's something that I came to through, I suppose, through playing with singers, actually with playing with um, people who come from the tradition and sort of moving through, I suppose that's uh, like moving into that world, you suddenly realise that that there's a whole kind of historical interpretation. There's 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 so much of the music that is steeped in tradition and like the nuances are, are absolutely amazing within that sort of historical context. I do play with a lot of traditional musicians. I play with Martin Hayes um, in his new group. Um, I've done a lot of work with him over the years and I prefer to sort of, again, it's going back to this thing of I prefer to, not prefer, but I think what works for me is that if I bring my skill set to the table in a you know in a traditional context, I can sort of put my sound world on top of that thing as opposed to trying to replicate something that takes years and years and years of uh, years and years of kind of being steeped in this sound world. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question, sort yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. No, it it is. It's such a vast mm. history. When you're listening to like a new trad act or anything like that, you realize that you're, yeah, you're you're hearing history as well yeah. at the same time. Um, I won't keep you too much longer, but I was That's interested okay. in your work, kind of in a solo capacity, like with other artists. You mentioned Martin Hayes there. You also played on Katie Kim's new album, a stunning track on her new album, and you're on Eve Agabon's album as well. You're on so many different artists work um how how does that kind of collaboration work kind of you get a call and you come in and you work with them you kind of talk through a piece essentially it's sort of getting in the room or getting in the studio or I mean a lot of the stuff over the a lot of work over the last few years has obviously been in recording studios essentially it's getting into a room with those particular musicians who often would come with a a song, a kind of a ready formed song or a ready formed piece of music. And again, it's that thing of sort of giving them my skills (laughs) or kind of using, using the skills that I've gained and the sound world that I've sort of absorbed in my playing and presenting those as options of sort of coloring or um, 
like you know providing different harmonies providing different ideas providing just a different sort of sound to yeah i suppose just provide it's a it's a tricky one (laughs) i I guess it's different working with everybody like martin hayes and katie kim are probably completely different people to work with they are they are they absolutely are yeah i mean yeah but they're very different but it's the same sort of process it's the same sort of processes basically i think you know a lot of collaboration which is a huge part of what i do is collaborating with people a lot of collaboration the key is to come as an open book i suppose it's a bit like working with composers is to really try and get under the skin of the material that you're working with or you know when working with martin it's like to really get under the skin of the tune that he brings to the table or with katie the song that she brings to the table and to really try and kind of massage that and see where it can go in a different direction or see how far I can push it with my sound world or yeah, it's the same. It's a a very sort of collaborative process, I suppose. Hmm. Um, well, it certainly seems like you're one of the busiest musicians in the country, particularly at mm. the at the moment. I'm guessing after the past couple of years, this is exactly how you want it to be. Absolutely. This year has been very, very busy, but there's been, I suppose, a relief. There's been a lot of, there's kind of a, a, a sense of, uh, not urgency, but a sense of, there's like this creative fizz buzz that's going on at the moment with people where just getting in a room with other people is still really exciting and creating being creative with other people still has that excitement after a period of time where that wasn't possible or everything was kind of really halted because it was all over zoom or it was all remotely remote working or I think for me i'm just it's such a a great time (laughs) it's such a great time to just actually be in a room with people and making work with people who um it's like a fee you can kind of feed off everybody's energy and yeah great well listen congrats on all of the crash stuff and all of your solo stuff as well and uh best luck with everything that you have coming up Thank you very much.
That's Stone of Rot of Crash Ensemble's Reactions album, which is out this Friday, November 25th. That track was composed by Becca Sims and features Kate Ellis on cello and Malachi Robinson on double bass. It's a really great, diverse album. Absolutely loads of tracks to get into. I think listeners will all gravitate to something different that captures their own particular imagination and just wait until you hear the opening track on it. It's ridiculous in a very good way, of course. Thanks to Kate Ellis for the chats. Really, really enjoyed that. And I'm sure she has so much more up her sleeve for 2023. Now, to finish up, we have two really nice tracks for the new music section. Every week, I ask some artists to send me a voice note about their new tune and we play them together. I think it serves as a nice introduction to a new artist. First up, this week we have Chris Brady, aka Moshe, and his song Drag. He's going to talk a little bit about it, and then we'll listen to it in full. And then you'll hear Sarah Buckley from Cork talk about her lovely short new single, Dreamcatching. Hello, my name is Chris Brady. I'm a producer and multi-instrumentalist from Dublin. I recently launched my first ever solo music project under the name Moshe. I've been studying music my whole life, so it's been very exciting releasing something of my own professionally for the first time. Released my debut single, Drag, uh, last Friday, November 18th. Uh, with the single, I made a music video of which I filmed and edited myself, um, which was a grueling but rewarding <laughs> experience. Drag is one of many songs that I've written and produced through Ableton uh, since the start of my, the pandemic. Um, the song is a blend of acoustic guitar with electronic motifs and the piece gradually builds up throughout. The writing process always begins on acoustic guitar for me, so it's been a lot of fun incorporating the electronic sounds that Ableton can provide and the electronic drums with acoustic guitar. I think it's a really nice mix. And uh, With the music video, I had this idea of a man or woman being in a stressful situation who uses nature and the ocean and the fresh air to escape their issues or their problems. So the idea evolved a lot over the last few months. And with this idea, I thought it'd be cool to incorporate some backwards filming and then reverse the footage to make it look as if the subject was walking forward when it's actually backwards kind of thing. <laughs> but it worked out really well. Um, you can watch the music video on YouTube and Drag is out now on all streaming platforms. Um, social media is at Moshe Sound. And I'd like to say thanks to Owen from The Point of Everything for reaching out and giving the opportunity.
Hi, this is Sarah Buckley. Um, I'm an indie folk singer-songwriter from Cork. My debut EP, Magic Powers, will be out at the beginning of 2023, next year. Um, there's three releases out on it already. You've got me, Magic Powers, and now Dreamcatching. Dreamcatching was written on a small little percussive instrument called a kalimba. I found it just when I was on my holidays. I just saw it in a shop and... The sound of it reminded me of dreaming, almost if dreaming had a sound, that's what it would be. So I just wrote this little song called Dream Catching on it. There's guitar, ukulele and kalimba on the song. So I perform those with Carl being on production and mixing and Christian Best um, in Cork actually mastered it. Come catch your dreams with me Come follow through this murky mystery Laced in funfair type of fear On a path that's delightfully unclear Come catch dreams with me You'll be lost but feeling free You'll be full of life cause you'll see That it's not what they said it should be There'll be days where you're feeling unsure About the plans that we made being obscure But we'll put our cold feet in the warmth of a dream And we'll write on our wishes again Come catch your dreams with me Come follow through this flowing mystery Flow with me in career We'll know where we're going when we're dreams with me You'll be lost but feeling free You'll be full of life cause you'll see That it's not what they said it should be La 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 That's Dream Catching by Sarah Buckley and before that was Moshe and his debut single, Drag. Really looking forward to hearing more from both of those acts in 2023. If you want to send me your music or might like to feature on the show, you can get me at thepointofeverything at gmail.com. But that is the show this week. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you liked what you heard, maybe rate, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., And of course, as always, go support the artists. And we'll be back with another episode and more new music next week. (laughs) 